When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Hello and welcome to the Betches Up Podcast. This is Amanda and I am here today with Representative Debbie Dingle who serves Michigan's 12th Congressional District. Thank you so much. It is great to be with you on this beautiful afternoon. Beautiful, beautiful. So the first thing I'd love to talk to you about is uh, school reopenings. Uh, It's something on a lot of people's minds and I believe you had the chance to visit a public school in your area uh, this week or yesterday. You visited um, a local public school where teachers were providing learning materials for students to pick up and I believe distributing meals. I'm curious about, you know, can you sort of describe the state of school reopenings in Michigan, what you've heard from constituents as well as teachers and administrators? So I actually went to more than one school and I went to another school this morning. Uh, And, you know, look, COVID's turned the world upside down for everybody. And you're sort of just bracing yourself for wherever you're going to go. People are going to be unhappy and there's going to be something wrong. And I have to tell you, yesterday was one of the most positive days I've had, if not the most positive day since COVID shut all of our worlds down. That's amazing. You know, I've talked to a lot of teachers and to parents and to students, and they are worried about what's going to happen this fall. And the kids are missing their friends, and they want to be out there and doing things. Parents are worried about if they send their kids to school, what's going to happen. They're worried about childcare. Uh, there are a thousand things they're worried about and teachers are worried about what's going to happen in the classroom. Uh, if they do go back, people with pre-existing conditions are worried. There's a lot of worries, but you know what I saw yesterday? I saw people that were making a bad situation and taking lemons and turning it into lemonade. Mm-hmm. When I walked into schools, they were all glad to see me. It was nice to have somebody glad to see me. <laughs> But they wanted to talk about what was happening. And they were, you know, I went at each of the different schools. They were in some school districts, which are luckier to be uh, better off than others. They were giving Chromes to every student. So, and pre-programming them and students were picking them up. And that school system, students had had the option of whether to go to be in the classroom or learn from home and a third had decided to go to the classroom and two-thirds were learning from home but everybody was getting the chrome but in another situation in dearborn my hometown it's virtual uh the other school system we went to today is virtual as well 
But the teachers are putting the materials together. They're getting the textbooks together. They're getting the lessons together. They're giving their students material. They're trying to figure out how they help connect on broadband, how, you know, they raised really good issues with me about FCC rules, which make it harder with, with people that they want to install internet, what to do. But everybody I met yesterday wanted to be there for the kids. And they know that they're our most important resource and that nothing's normal, nothing's simple, but how do we, how do we approach the challenges and make sure we're teaching our kids? And then when, you know, many people don't realize how hungry some of our children are in this country and the importance of the meals that they get at school. And some of the, the one school I was at makes 70,000 meals a week for these kids. And they were talking about what it was like at the beginning when we shut down and how everybody was at home and how scared we were. We remember that. You had to bomb me out of my house. (laughs) But they went because they knew the kids needed to eat. And it was more important to them that they make sure that the children from their schools had food. And it was just an incredibly uplifting day. Yeah, well, that's amazing. Yeah, if anybody knows about finding solutions to problems that don't go away, even if somebody isn't generously offering you solutions, it's it's teachers. I think that a lot of people equate school reopenings with teachers working again. But from what I've seen the past couple of weeks and even months, these teachers have been working. Correct. They have been working for those kids for months already. They're all they are part of our frontline heroes and the attitudes and the just the can do and the fact that I mean, they they were happy I was there I was happy they were there I'm there to support them yeah it was just it was a it was a it was nice to have a day of totally. feeling you know that people were just trying to make the best of a not good situation yeah yeah that's amazing you you referenced um, the beginning of, of all of this uh, the start of the pandemic which raised questions that we're still hearing which is you know reconciling keeping students and teachers and staff safe uh, while recognizing you know what's lost without in-person learning at the start of this in March and April you know these questions existed but it was really it was clear that schools had to close and now we're facing this dichotomy again but do you think that this was inevitable or could choices have been made by, I don't know, the federal government along the way that could have put us in a better position to, to have kids in the best, best poise for a successful school year? Well, for starters, I think that it took far too long. We should have had someone at a national level that understood community spread and that understood, you know, states were being pitted against each other. We should have all been wearing masks quite I I know this sounds simplistic, but the fact of the matter is, if the president of the United States would wear a mask, he would save lives. Just the power of his influence and people seeing him actually wearing a mask would save lives. So, yeah, I do think, I mean, I am very proud of my governor, who was one of the early governors who made very difficult decisions. Gretchen's my friend. I talk to her very often. During those early days of COVID, I spoke with her every day. Um, And I actually was doing a lot of, I sort of felt like I was working for her. We were working together, but I was able to do some things that helped her. She had to make tough decisions. After she got briefed about how many people could die, she felt the weight of every one of those lives on her. 
So she made difficult decisions. She had men with assault weapons at the Capitol after her. And uh, you needed people who were not afraid to make tough decisions. Our numbers in Michigan are higher than they should be again. Uh, And we need leaders. We need people that aren't afraid to say, this is what we need to do. And I, I do think we would have been at a better place on schools if in the beginning, all of us across the country had been on the same page. And we're still not on the same page. How mass became such a political issue is beyond me. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, Gretchen Whitmer obviously faced a a great deal of of feedback, but that's sort of the, when you want to inhabit a leadership position, you have to be, you you have to make choices and choices and inevitably have, I don't want to say consequences, but, but reactions. And there have been a lot of leaders that have not been willing to, you know, accept accept how people might react to them. That's yeah. correct. And we need leaders who will, who will lead. We need leaders in this country right now that when there's uncertainty or fear or that put calm and have uncomfortable conversations, bringing people together, not that put kerosene on a fire. Right, right. You know somebody's doing a really good job when, you know, we were hearing Whitmer's name in reference to VP and people were saying, but she's doing too good a job in Michigan. We need, we need her there because she did such a spectacular job. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. 
I'm curious, you know, how else has Trump's failed leadership impacted voters in Michigan that you've heard about and experienced? Well, I think what people need to understand is that our economy is not doing well because of how we handle COVID. I mean, when I was talking to you about uh, dealing with, talking to Gretchen every day, I, the day that I flew home from Washington after we passed the first bill, as soon as I got home, I got a call from the UAW that they were going to walk out of their plants. Okay. And I texted her immediately and asked her if she knew, and she didn't. And uh, I got the president of the UAW on the phone, and then given my auto background, I have strong relationships mm-hmm. with the CEOs. And there began my journey of keeping plants open, closing plants, and reopening. And I did help facilitate a lot of the discussions with business and um, labor on, on some fronts. But the lack of coherent you know, strategy and, uh, has clearly impacted our economy. And I even I look at what happened at the beginning and how states were bidding against each other on PPE uh, equipment, how our frontline workers didn't have the masks, the gloves, the gowns that they needed to wear, the fact that nursing homes were having to use plastic trash bags as gowns. I I, I think that's something that should worry us. The other thing that I want to say, and I will say it very strongly, is I am very worried about how this country is being divided by fear and hatred. I think people are being pitted against each other. I'm very worried about the division, the hate speech, Uh, the name-calling, the bullying, and the vitriolicness, to be perfectly frank. And we can disagree agreeably. We are losing respect for each other in this country, and it deeply concerns me. Right, right. Yes. And obviously, you you know that personally. The president has come after you in in disgraceful ways during his impeachment, which you handled gracefully and continued doing your job, which is something, you know, you can't say for him. That's, and I try not to be reduced to name calling him. Yes. You know, most people don't realize everybody talks about this Michigan women, but I called Rashida the last time yeah. he went after me last week. People don't yeah. realize that. And I said, Rashida, it's clear. I bug I get under his skin more than you do now. He's gone yeah. after me as much as he's gone after all the other women in Michigan combined. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just polite. I mean I try to be um, I don't mince words, but I don't like it. It's not a, yeah. and I, while we joke about it, I don't like being in the, that target. I want to work with who's ever president. You know, they're president of these United States. And uh, I, it's not a pleasant place to be, to be Twittered at by the president of the United States. And I don't ever want to get used to it or, or feel comfortable with it. It's not a comfortable place to be. Yeah, it's so uh, it's so enraging to think about, especially as you were talking about how you worked with Gretchen Richmore, and it's like two amazing women who are in the right place at the right time with the precise competencies for what the moment is demanding. And then you had you had a uh, Trump teasing her too from Twitter too. It's 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 hard to stomach. But speaking of you know the divisive language and stoking tensions, Trump is wielding around this suburban voters, specifically suburban women voters, that he's convinced that he can vaguely convince to vote for him by insisting that they will not have law and order in their communities uh, unless he is president. You are a woman voter from Michigan. Um, what is your what is your sense that this voting group is looking for in a leader? Well, I've been, to answer that question very directly, I've been very clear. 
You know, these are very uh, complicated times in our country. And we saw in Wisconsin how a black man was treated on video and a white man was treated on video. And we still do not know all the circumstances of the shooting by the police. And I think that should be there. But a man was shot in the back seven times and we have no explanation. But a 17 white year old man walked down the street with a semi assault weapon and was not stopped by police and was actually the Detroit Free Press fact checked this and was actually given water by the police. And had he been a black, I do not believe he would be here today for us to even talk about. Yet having said that, law enforcement in many of our communities are the glue that keep us together. I, I, I work with them. They've done wellness checks during COVID that are critical to domestic abuse cases yeah. uh, and to keeping our community safe. I lost uh, a, a, a son of Dearborn, as we call him, on the 4th of July, 26 years old. His parents still live here in my hometown. Uh, he was shot and killed on the 4th of July. Oh my God. And a very difficult story is that he wrote a letter, to, he's Muslim, and during Ramadan this year, he wrote a letter to his family that if he died, he wanted them to know why he became a policeman. And he wanted to keep his community safe and fight evil. And so I, there have been a number of gatherings, community gatherings, rallies for the local law enforcement. And I go to those as well. Does not mean that there are not things that need to be fixed, but I'm not going to let Donald Trump label who I am or any of my colleagues. I do. And I was very glad to see the vice president come out and say it strongly, but I was very clear. I do not support anarchy. I do not support rioting. I do not support looting. I do not support violence. I believe in the freedom of speech and nonviolent protest, but I, think that both sides have people that come to these events. I, I did a number of events uh, in June. I've done almost 20, or I've done over 20 now because I did some two last weekend. Um, Black Lives Matter marches that were like vigils organized by young people. They were in communities that have never done it before. People yeah. would come to those with bricks. They wanted to had the pure intention of trying to cause trouble. My police chiefs walked in most of those. Uh, Downriver participated, met with the young people, supported them. But there were people. Uh, the very first one I went to um, in Allen Park and Lincoln Park, the Lincoln Park police chief said, what are you doing here? And I said, I told you I was coming. He goes, not walking. It's not safe. Somebody wow. here wants to hurt you. But they wanted to keep me safe and yeah. they didn't want there to be trouble. They wanted the kids to be able to. And that's what we need to know. And I am not going to let somebody try to make this a wedge issue and all of us have to stand up we need to remember that united we stand divided we fall and when people are trying to wedge us and divide us you can't let that happen and i i am hopeful that suburban women are going to know that and we will all be strong and what we do stand for and be clear about what is okay and not okay when it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. 
By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. I wonder if there's a lot more of those moments of reconciliation of, you know, police are at protests to protect your right to protest. They want to make sure that you can do so safely without somebody around that maybe does have a, a brick. Do you think the media has focused a little bit too much on the, the unrest and the division? I think a lot of people are trying to, and I think it's when the president of the United States is trying to highlight it, it's hard not to. But I do wish that they would cover more of the reconciliation. I think our local yeah. media has written about how the police chiefs have marched and participated. We had one on Sunday that was organized by all the local athletes at the University of Michigan and Eastern, and both the sheriff of Washtenaw and the police chief in Ann Arbor marched in those, uh, and they wrote about it. But we do need to tell those stories, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have a lot of experience with Democratic campaigns in Michigan. I feel like if anyone knows how to win a race in Michigan, it's it's you. You've you've you chaired Vice President Al Gore's campaign in Michigan in 2000 and in 2004. You helped secure the general election vote for John Kerry. You, of course, also won your own race and watched your late husband, the longest serving member of Congress, win decades of, of races. What I'm getting at is you're very familiar with the uh, with an electorate that people are very curious about. You know, we famously hear often that Trump won Michigan by 11 thousand votes. Two months out from the election, how, how are you feeling and, and what are you trying? I think you sort of touched on this, but what are, what, what, how are you answering constituents' questions about, about who they should maybe vote for, what they should consider as they you know, decide what to do in the next two months? Well, for starters, four years ago, I did tell people that I thought yep. that uh, Donald Trump could become president and people didn't like my saying it. I think no. that this uh, election is still uh, up in the air, and it's why you see so much uh, bitterness and hate out there right now. I think people should ask themselves, are you happy with the direction of the country? Do you think that you're better off than you were four years ago? What's your vision of what you want to be America, to America to be? But then I would also ask the question about who's going to be worried about working men and women, really? Who's going to fight so that, you know, all of our frontline workers, do you look at where we are now? And in March, all those people that are the glue of our civilized society, most of them we didn't think were important enough to pay $15 an hour. We need to make sure every American's got access to health care. Right now, we've got an administration in the Supreme Court trying to rip health care away from people with pre-existing conditions. I think if somebody gets sick, if you think you may have COVID, 
you need to be able to go to the doctor. You need to not worry if you can stay home for 14 days so you don't contribute to community spread. And COVID shined a has just shined a light on the fractures in our healthcare system. You know, we want to be able to educate our kids and have everyone afford the education that they want their child to have, be it college. And I, I think people want to live in a safe neighborhood. They want to have a roof over their head, not worried if they're going to be evicted or they can afford their mortgage. And they want to have a safe and secure retirement. And when I think you look at those issues for real, who's going to, bring, who's going to fight for manufacturing here? Yes, we say we are, but look at the facts. My district alone, in the last few months, still, I've got two steel plants that one that eliminated 350 jobs and another 1500 jobs just have a just sit down and talk to yourself and ask yourself what do i want my country to be what do i want my family to experience to have the opportunity and then ask who am i going to support do you care about freedom of speech do you care about freedom of religion do you care about freedom of media? Yeah. Do you care about due process? Then I think it becomes pretty clear who you vote for. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a great place to end. Thank you so, so much for your time, Representative Dingle. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman, and this is the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.